We've been going through the I am's in the Bible where Jesus in the book of John, the gospel of John, uh, tells us who he is. And as we see who he is, we get a picture of who we are. We talked about how Jesus said, I am the bread and that we are hungry and how he is the vine and we are the branch. So we're going to continue with that thought today. How many are of you here are animal lovers. You really like animals. Yeah, great. I, uh, my family, my whole family loves animals. Um, and uh, I like to watch documentaries about animals. Uh, I like them like from over there, uh, but I don't like to be pet by them I'm, or, or to pet them, either one. Uh, I definitely don't like to be licked by them. Uh, just always how I've been. I don't know why. Um, probably goes back to one of my dogs as a kid that was uh, eaten by another dog right in front of me. It was horrific. And so I probably have some scars from that. Um, I don't know how to move on after I say that. But. <laughs> but my family likes animals. That was my point. My family likes animals. And uh, for some reason, it seems like they have particularly loved goats for some reason. All through their lives, they have loved to feed and watch goats. Here's just a few pictures of uh, my kids with some goats. There's little Noah and Chloe feeding goats. And then there's one of Tori. She loves them as well. And uh, even so much that this last picture here is a paint with goats event that Tori and Chloe went to. I'm not sure how those two things intersect, but... They painted while there was goats there. Uh, and the Bible is a, a, a story that is written to an agricultural people, people that were very familiar with animals. And goats are mentioned fairly frequently. Spoiler alert, though, goats are not always uh, projected into the right light, right? They, they are seen more as a... Uh, an example to be the opposite of sheep, which is known as God's people. And uh, the goat has even become a symbol of Satanism, right? So there's that. I don't know. Do with that with what you will. But the Bible talks uh, even more about sheep than it does about goats. And I checked. Sheep are not just goats without horns. They're a whole other animal. I checked it out, so... You can be aware of that. But Jesus uses these ideas of shepherding to relate to their culture and to what they understood and what they knew. And shepherding was, and still is to a certain extent, a very common occupation in the Middle East. Uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Moses, and David were all shepherds. These fathers, these people that are seen and lifted up in the uh, Hebrew people were all shepherds. It was to shepherds in the field that the news of Christ's birth was first revealed. Now they're particularly, uh, you know, the people of Israel are particularly a shepherding people because of the terrain. It is dry over there and there's not often very much water and grass. So the animals that would need to stay in the same place a lot didn't do as well as animals that were easy to move where they could go where the resources were. 
and they could find the abundant sources of water. Everyone in that day was familiar with shepherding. And to say that the scriptures were written to a people that had a working knowledge of this concept would be an understatement. So the two I am statements that we're going to check out today go hand in hand. First, Jesus says, I am the gate or I am the door. And then he says, I am the good shepherd. And he says both of these in John chapter 10. If you want to turn in your Bibles there this morning, there should be a Bible there in front of you. You can look on your uh, notes inside your app or, you know, if you've got the Bible app as well. Be in John chapter 10 uh, all this morning, starting in verse 1. Jesus says here, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To, to him the gatekeeper opens, and the sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he was brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger will they not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of a stranger. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So again, Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep, and all who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door, and if anyone enters by me, he will be saved, and he will go in and out and find pasture. In this passage, Jesus' ministry is in full swing, and he had just gotten done healing a blind man, but then also exhorting and challenging the Pharisees that they were spiritually blind. And to show what kind of leader he is, he begins to tell this illustration of a shepherd, and he's comparing himself to the leadership of the Pharisees who were the blind leading the blind. And Jesus is going to reference this relationship between the sheep and a shepherd. And at first he does this by talking about one of the ways a shepherd would protect the sheep. And that's what he's saying when he says, I am the gate or the door. Understanding the shepherd's work in ancient Israel helps us understand how Jesus is the door for the sheep. Because the Bible is firstly written to a people and a place and a time. And John is written to these agricultural people. So when we want to understand more about the Bible, we understand more about the context. And most days in ancient Israel, shepherds led their sheep to graze in the nation's pastures and to drink from its streams. But at night, the shepherds took their sheep to the sheepfold. And here's a picture of what a sheepfold is. It's a walled structure uh, that's got... uh, protection all the way around, and they even would top the top of that with briars to protect the sheep from thieves and wild animals. And the gate here in the front here that you see is that opening was the only proper way to get into the sheepfold. And the shepherd would actually sit there in the entrance to protect the sheep from whatever may come their way, and he would watch them, and he would understand what was going on, and that's why he is saying, I am the gate. I am 
the door. And anybody that comes in another way is not to be trusted. Now, many different flocks often spent the night in the same sheepfold. But the sheep never got lost in this mass of animals. That sheep might get mixed in with the other sheep, but he knew his master's voice. And he always came when the shepherd called. See, Jesus is the shepherd and we are the sheep. And many people may try to lead us away into things that aren't good for us, but the shepherd is the only way into safety, into protection. And if we are truly his sheep, then we are led by his voice. Jesus is making it clear that he is the only way to salvation. And through him is the only way to get to God. A few chapters later in John 14, 6, Jesus says, No one can come to the Father except through me. No one can come to the Father except through me. And if you're a compassionate person that has empathy, it's tempting for us to want to believe that all ways lead to heaven and that all religions are equal. And if you're just sincere and have faith, that it will all work out in the end. But it is not kind if it's not true. And God's word is clear that you can either choose to accept him and put your faith in Jesus Christ or you can choose to reject him. And Jesus is the only way. And he tells us that that way is narrow and we have to follow him. And he says here, if anyone enters by me, he will be saved and he will go in and out and find pasture. And if we want to enter into that rest and peace of the pasture, we have to go through the gate. The shepherd would spend a lot of time with his sheep and they knew him by his voice and they followed him and they knew that there was security and provision if they would follow the shepherd and they would find food and they would find drink and they would find safety. And Jesus then takes this analogy even further and he speaks of the quality of his leadership. He says, I am the gate I'm your protection, I'm your nourishment. And next he says, I am the good shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. In verse 11, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Jesus is not some hired hand that is motivated by money or just even duty. No, he loves the sheep and he would lay down his life for them in the face of danger. We remember uh, back in the Old Testament when King David, before he was king, he was just a shepherd boy, and he laid down his life between the sheep and a bear and a lion, and he killed them, and he protected the sheep. And we know that in this passage, it wouldn't be too long after Jesus says, I am the good shepherd, that he does lay down his life for us. Now, one thing that doesn't jump out automatically to us in our culture today is the royal implications of the title of shepherd. And we might think of a a shepherd more as, you know, just a farmer or or, or just a blue-collar worker. But in their culture, it was more than uh, that. It was, you know, we might look back and say, well, a king would be 
uh, or, or, you know, a leader in our culture would be a warrior or a businessman or a fighter. But in their culture, there were other aspects as well. And we've talked about how their great leaders, Abraham, Moses, King David, all are shepherds. But it wasn't just Israel that had this idea. A leader or a ruler being called a shepherd was not exclusive to the Bible. King Hammurabi of Babylon called himself a shepherd. And Homer regularly refers to the Greek chiefs as the shepherds of the people. And with this connection, uh, the royal staff or scepter was a commonly uh, used accessory for kings in the ancient Near East, and it was a form of a shepherd's rod. Shepherds commonly would use these staffs, these rods that you would see them walk with to poke around in uh, crevices to make sure there weren't scorpions or snakes. And the shepherd's rod had come to be known as a source of protection and a symbol of power and authority. We have a picture here, which you've probably seen uh, something like this before. Even in Egypt, a divine symbol of kingship was that shepherd's crook. You see there in, uh, over here, on this side over here, a shepherd's crook. Now, but you'll also notice in the other hand, the Egyptian leaders uh, many times would hold a flail. And a flail would be a weapon to pummel with as punishment. Whereas the shepherd's crook was used to gently guide the sheep. So it's true that the idea of the shepherd as a leader is not exclusive to the Bible. We will find that God is the ultimate shepherd of his people. And the Bible takes this concept to a whole new level, not present in other cultures. We know one of the most famous passages in all the Bible would do, you know, it might be at a funeral, even someone that might not necessarily be a Christian. We hear Psalms. 23, and it says, the Lord is my shepherd. So when Jesus was telling them that he is the shepherd and he is the good shepherd, he was also telling them they would have understood that that meant there was royal implications to what he was saying and that he was saying that he was God. The Lord is my shepherd. Jesus is our leader. And he's our protection, and he is our authority, and he is the good shepherd. Not some leader that is far away in a palace somewhere, unapproachable, but someone that walks with us, someone that leads us by the still waters, and he guides us. And many things want to distract us. Many things want to pull us away, materialism and the desire to be accepted or the search for meaning, or maybe it's power or sex or comfort. All these things are working to distract us. But the good shepherd calls you with his voice today to, to give you a life of peace that passes all understanding and an abundant life with him. See, Jesus' desire to you uh, today is to be with you. And that desire is so strong that he stood between you and the wolves of sin and death and the grave. I was out in the woods uh, the other night uh, around a fire and we began to hear coyotes. And uh, 
you could hear them, man, they sound so weird. It's not like what you would think of, uh, you know, just arr, arr, arr. No, they're making all kinds of weird noise, like <laughs> And uh, so we were out there, you know, and in the dark and sitting around a fire, and Eli was there, and he was scared to death. <laughs> you might not know this about Eli, but he's scared of the dark. And, uh, but Jesus stood between that pack of animals, the sin, death, and the grave, and he stands between what we deserve. He stands between us and hell. He stands between us and separation from a good God. He is the good shepherd that protects the sheep. Many times we see leaders leave and abandon those people when the things get hard and the situation gets impossible. But Jesus stepped into our impossible situation and he made a way for us to get to God. He defeated the grave. He defeated sin and death and hell once for all in order to save you. And that same victory and triumph over sin, death, and the grave is made available to us through Jesus, the Good Shepherd. He now gives us that power to have that type of victory. Because once you're in the flock, no one can take you out. He says this in the, uh, further on in this chapter, in John chapter 10, verse 25. Jesus answered them, and he said, I told you, and you did not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name bear witness about me. But you do not believe because you are not among my sheep. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they will never perish, and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. There's some bold statements there that Jesus is saying. He's saying, hey, look, you can't just say I'm a good teacher. You can't just take and pluck some of my things and say that I'm just a rabbi. But I am saying I am God. I and my Father are one. He made his divinity clear. Now, there was times, especially in the earlier parts of Jesus' ministry, that he spoke in ways that only those that already believed in him would understand. But here, the people that didn't believe on Jesus understood what he was saying finally, that he was God, and they immediately took up stones to pummel him to death. They understood who he was, who he was saying he was. They accused him of being demon-possessed and that he blasphemed by claiming to be deity. But Jesus was telling the truth. Getting to God was not through works. It's not through good deeds or religious fervor. Getting to God was only through him, the door, the gate, the good shepherd. And once you're in the Father's hands, nothing can take you out. It is eternal life. No sin, no failure or mistake is big enough to overwhelm the victory of the cross. You can imagine, uh, as we know, the, the story of Jesus 
telling us of the good, the good shepherd leaving the 90 and 9 to go and find the one. And you can imagine the shepherd bringing the sheep back, maybe injured or uh, just scared, and, and hugging that sheep to his chest. And he's saying, no one can pluck you out of my hands. No wolf of sin or death or disease or hurt. None of these things can ultimately beat me. And there may be troubles in this life and it may be hard, but no one is taking you out of my hand. That life is eternal. See, sheep are unable to find their way on their own. They get lost and they wander. But Jesus, the good shepherd, is leaving the flock to go and find the one. When he finds them, he leads them, he keeps them in the sheepfold with him, surrounded and protected by the walls as him as the gate and the door. And robbers and thieves may come to hurt the sheep, but the good shepherd protects them and defends the sheep. He leads them to provisions. He quenches their thirst and their hunger. The good shepherd is our constant companion, our guide, our protector, and our provider. And there is, there is no other way to get to God. So today, that's our choice. And we're given this choice every single day of our life. Who are we going to follow? The very first choice that you have is, am I going to accept what Jesus did on the cross, that gift that he has given me and put my faith in him and him alone, or am I going to reject the good shepherd? Isaiah 53, 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. How much more could this describe our present day right now? People lost and, and going astray and they're confused and they're trying to make sense of this world, but they're turning everyone to his own way. Division and confusion. But he says, we've all gone astray, everyone to his way, and the Lord has laid on him. This is a prophetic passage of scripture from the Old Testament that one day God was going to lay our iniquity on someone that was coming. And that someone was a good shepherd, Jesus Christ. Jesus paid the price for you to get to God. Our sin was great. His love was greater. And the good shepherd laid down his life for the sheep. Won't you follow him today? If you're lost and confused, he wants to guide you. If you're thirsty, he wants to walk with you beside still waters. If you're hungry, he, has, he can prepare a table before you today and give you rest. He wants to lead you. Maybe you've been running from God and you've been feeling the consequences of your sin. I'm here to tell you this morning, that might be good news, right? You're feeling what it's like to live apart from the shepherd. This is what Charles Spurgeon said about that. He said, tribulation, hardship can be the black dog that goes after the stray sheep and barks them back to the good shepherd. He goes on and says, I thank God 
That there are such things as the visitation of correction and of holy discipline. Why? To preserve our spirit and to bring us to Christ. Sometimes those things in our life as we're running from God that come along to get our attention are the sheepdog trying to get us back to the master. Maybe those trials and troubles are God trying to get you to follow him again. Jared Wilson said this, that the closer we are to the shepherd, the safer we are from the wolves. He is the door. He is our protection. He is the gate. He is the good shepherd. And his sheep hear his voice and they follow him and they will never perish. They'll have eternal life and no one can snatch them out of his hand. And if you are here and you're part of his flock and you've accepted him as your savior, he is calling to you today to come near him and to follow right by him. And he has his staff there to protect you and to guide you. And he wants you to be close to him. Not to get distracted by bitterness or distracted by the pretty shiny things of this world. To follow him. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes as the band comes. Maybe you're here this morning and you haven't yet entered into the gate. Maybe you're not yet come through the door. You're not yet following the good shepherd. Many of Jesus' earliest disciples, that's simply what he said to them. He said, follow me. And if you can't look back on your time, of, you know, back on your life and see a time and a place where you understood your need for a Savior, you understood that you were a sinner, and you put your faith in Jesus Christ and decided to follow him, you could do that today once and for all. See, all we like sheep are gone astray, everyone to their own way. We're all in the same boat, and that boat is sinking. But Jesus provides us with rescue. See, our sin divides us and a holy God, but God made a way for you to get to him today. And that is through Jesus Christ, the gate. You can try every other way. You could try good works, or you could try success, or you could try all the things in this world to fill you and to provide you with purpose, but there is only one way. His name is Jesus. You could call out to him right now. The words aren't important. It's not a, a magic prayer. It's a, a decision in your heart to say, I know I'm a sinner. I can't get to you, God, on my own, but I put my faith and trust in Jesus to save me. Why don't you call out to him right now? But that decision to put your faith in Jesus Christ is not where it ends. That's just the beginning. We still every day have the choice to follow him or to follow after our own way. And you're in the same boat as I am. We're sheep. 
not particularly wise, not particularly able to defend ourselves. And if we run after our own paths, we will get lost and hurt. But Jesus is the good shepherd. You could decide right now. Say, God, I, I've been a Christian for a long time, but haven't been following you closely. Haven't been spending time with you. And I've gotten far and I've drifted far from you. I feel lost. Once you commit today to say, God, I, I want to follow you. I know you're the good shepherd, and whatever your word says, I'm going to do. And, and I, when I spend time in prayer and you convict me about sin, I'm going to change that through your power. And I'm going to rely on you, and I'm going to commune with you, and I'm going to get as close as I can to the shepherd. Because I know that's what protects me from the wolves. Heavenly Father, God, as we remember who you are, you are the shepherd and we are the sheep. God, I pray if there is that one today that has decided in this moment to call on you and to follow you and to put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, to enter through that gate, God, I pray that you would bless them. God, I pray that you would draw them near to you. Thank you for that forgiveness of sins and that, that hope of eternal life. For those of us that are followers of you, God, I pray that you would help us to get so close to you. Help us to spend time in your word, listening to your words. Spend time in prayer and letting you speak to our hearts. God, help us to decide to put your way first and not our way to follow you we're going to sing here in just a moment they made that choice today to accept Jesus Christ as your savior and to put your faith and trust in him as your only means of salvation and for the, the first time or maybe just the first time you've understood it I'd love for you to be able to write that on your connection card I choose Jesus Put that in the box before you leave. Let's stand and sing and give praise to our good.